0: Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. Summertime is upon us, and there is one important question you need to get settled right now. Are you a dip your toe in the water and ease your way into the pool kind of person, or are you a jump in, belly flop style kind of guy? Well, a couple of years ago, we took our kids to Magic Springs as a kind of the end of the summer fun day. And they'd been looking forward to it for several days. And our oldest son, he loves the water park. He loves water rides and he loves the wave pool, all of it. He could hardly contain himself. And Magic Springs is really a cool place. It's a neat setup because it's a water park within an amusement park. So after sweating because you were standing in line to ride a roller coaster on a hot summer day, You can run and jump in the wave pool and cool off and then get right back into another line for a roller coaster. But something strange happened that particular day. It never rose above 80 degrees, and the sun rarely peaked out from the overcast skies. So what does that do to a little boy's hopes and dreams and excitement about spending the day at the water park? Well, for our son, it did absolutely nothing. That little turkey was not phased one bit. Even when we tried to warn him and encourage him in another direction, it didn't matter. I would say things like, now, Jack, the water's going to be really cold. And when you get out of the water, you're going to be even colder. And when you're standing in line to ride a water ride, you're going to be even colder. Are you sure you want to get in the water? Now, secretly, I'm praying that he says, you know, Dad, You're much older and wiser than I am. I think I will follow your advice. But he didn't do that. Instead, he said, when can we get in? And off he went, running full blast into the wave pool, never flinching, never slowing down, once at the frigid temperature of the water, but rather bounding and jumping and splashing the entire time. So I thought, isn't that sweet, childlike ignorance? He'll be sorry. And I knew for sure that he would stay in the pool for just a moment, get out, and then realize how cold it was and want to do something else rather than be in the water. But I was wrong. He went from wave pool to water slide to water guns all over the place. And even when the rest of our crew was sitting and chattering their teeth wrapped up in a towel, our oldest was running around like a kid at a water park. They even have this one area that has this huge bucket at the top of all these water slides and it fills up with some 500 gallons of cold water and then tips over and splashes down on this one particular spot. And so he was under that big bucket and it tips over and this rush of freezing cold water splashes down and almost pushes him over. And then he runs over to where I'm sitting in a lounge chair and he says, that was awesome. Well, My son didn't waste the trip to Magic Springs that day. Don't you wish each of us lived life with that much determination and excitement and resolve to when we get to the end of our lives? It could be said of each of us, he didn't waste his life or she didn't waste her time here, but rather they say, man, that was awesome. Well, the next question that naturally follows that great ambition is, Does anything exist that is worth expending your life on, even in the face of the cold seasons and the resistance that some people give you, trying to nudge you in a different direction? Well, that's what we want to discover today, and more specifically, what we can expect when we set the course of our lives to this one thing. So how can we live our lives, and how can we do ministry so that we do not waste them? Well, if you don't want to waste your life, You need to know where you are of most value. In our text this morning, we see Paul finishing up his ministry in Ephesus. And in chapter 20, verse 22, he tells them that he is constrained by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem, even though he knows that in every city, imprisonment and afflictions await. Let's read it together. And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and inflictions await me. But I don't account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. This whole idea of going to Jerusalem was first brought to our attention in Acts chapter 19. In verse 21 there it says, Now after these events, Paul resolved in the Spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem saying, After I've been there, I must also see Rome. So you see Paul's sensitivity to the Spirit's leading in chapter 19 and you see it re-emphasized here in chapter 20 verse 22. And the question is, why is the Holy Spirit so concerned about getting Paul to Jerusalem and then to Rome? Well, the reason Paul is headed towards Jerusalem has to do with unity within the overall church. Paul's been collecting money from largely Gentile churches in order to supply needs to the church in Jerusalem. And Paul's been going around to these different churches in Macedonia where many Gentiles have embraced the gospel by grace through faith. And Paul has been telling them, your brothers and sisters in Christ in Jerusalem are in desperate need. Will you help them? And the churches have responded out of love and generosity. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it says that they have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. And so Paul was eager to get to Jerusalem to show the believing Jews there that the Gentile believers were sincere. And Paul was bringing with him some of those Gentile believers so that the Jews in Jerusalem could see firsthand the love and the care and the concern that those Gentile believers had for Jewish believers. You may wonder, why is any of this important? The reason this is so radically important is because Jews and Gentiles were not the best of friends. In fact, culturally, they hated each other. But Paul wanted the Jewish believers to see and experience the immense power of the gospel and that the gospel really had penetrated the hearts of people all over the known world. He wanted them to see and experience that God was a God whose glory was being made famous among all the peoples. But you really don't get to see that or experience that unless you rush in to the wave pool of God's mission and we're praying that you do that day by day as you pray today please remember Cody Woodward our missionary in Arkansas and also remember the Amara Life Word broadcast in Bolivia and Peru